on this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. Sometimes you just wake up in a farmer's market. And it's amazing. Let's do this. podcast my name is diana and i'm i almost forgot the name of our podcast i don't know what i'm doing over here don't mind me <laughs> that's just the thing you know happy monday or whatever day it is recording um it is monday we're yes, i'm just gonna start hitting yeah. my head on this keyboard it's a fucking oh, <laughs> it was a very monday monday uh we're gonna talk about season eight episode three heartache today uh what have you been up to in the meantime I have no idea. I honestly just blanked on anything like that does not involve me laying on my couch and watching obscure Disney movies. You have been down watching some obscure Disney movies. I'm pretty impressed with some of them. Well, I did find out that Mr. Boogity, which I highly recommend if you've not seen it, does have a sequel. And it's called The Bride of Boogity. And I just haven't had the mindset to to watch the sequel to it yet. But I was very excited to learn that. Noted. Whereas Diana's over here just deep in catching up on old seasons of Married at First Sight. Um, just terrible. Uh, I went and saw some bands. I know that's shocking what? information. Oh my God. Diana went and saw crazy. bands somewhere. Was that a venue you owned or a venue your friends own? Uh, I don't own a venue, but yes, <laughs> the answer is yes. Um, so yeah, now I got to see, uh, it was quite a variety. We did um, Angel White and Valerie June at the Longhorn Ballroom, and then Lulu and the Black Sheep and Justin Pickard and the Thunderbird Winos at the Double Wide. Here's fun takes from takeaways from that. Number one, well, A, I got to see two friends uh, that one just got out of hospital, like almost died, and I got to see them. That was pretty cool. My firefighter buddy that I mentioned before. And then the other one just got out of prison for weed cookies. So, that was cool to see those people. Um, Dave and I had a minor revelation. I think Rockabilly might be coming back. Maybe. Although I did, I did. Okay, so Rockabilly did come back this weekend. That's because my watch, my mom is dating a vampire. And in that, in that movie, yes. uh, Mr. Sheffield tries to date rape Aunt Hilda from uh, oh. Sabrina. I'm just telling you, that's the plot of the movie. If you watch it, you will see. Yeah. But in the movie, Hilda's really into Rockabilly. And like, she's like, she's like, oh my God, we're going to go see this venue. And then she was like, oh, well, there's a Rockabilly band playing. And I was like, why do they keep saying Rockabilly? And then they like, watch in it was the royal crowns and they were like children when they were yes. playing in it because they were babies and we were probably babies so i don't know is yeah. as long as like swing well, dancing doesn't come back we don't have a resurgence <laughs> of gap khakis i'm fine well it was pretty funny because like the, the bands are like def- like they're not rockabilly bands to be clear but they've got definitely that they're like well i think one of them back one of them is 
but they've got like that throwback vibe and it was just people were really into it and i started doing the math i'm like okay so if everything's on like a 20 25 year cycle on like being like popular even in subculture we're hitting about that from the last thing, like, really no, I'm talking about um, I'm talking about the Justin Bieber. Okay, Bickering I was election. like, oh, yeah, okay. not Valley Jam. No, that's that's like that's soul throwback, but Afro soul folk yeah. music. She was solo playing like a mandolin. It was crazy, but um, yeah, it was it was yeah. The rockabilly vibes at Double Wide were very different than the solo uh, soul folk vibes at Longhorn. But anyways, those are my stories. It's my observation. Yeah, no, but the cycle would be on right. Subculture popularity. Uh, you know, on as the time goes, the cycle goes, it would be correct. That's what I was thinking. I was like, it just dawned on me while I'm standing there watching it. I was like, oh shit, this is it's the cycle. It's happening. <laughs> so And Dave did get us swing dance classes, by the way. So Dave and I are gonna take a private swing dance lesson. I could just teach you. Well, I mean, he was Thanks. I know it's it's cute. I'm gonna vomit. And it was for a fundraiser, so it's whatever. But we'll go do that. Yeah. Is it is it West Coast or is it? Yes. Okay. At least it's not like the jive or something. I say this like I used to teach swing dancing people. I'm not just shitting on this. Like I'm shitting on it because I did it for too long. And the after you did it for so long, like I just you know. No, and I generally know like like I know the basic step. I can follow. Yeah, I think we've danced like, together. I think I have like yeah. yeah. We have. I was like no, yeah. I like you know, you know. I'm just not good, <laughs> so that'll be fun. But is something to go do? Yes, because you clearly don't have enough to do. Filling up and filling oh. up your time was obviously the problem that the you needed problem. to solve. I know. Speaking of things to do. This weekend, we're going to the Lone Star Paracon in Shirts, Texas. It, we are. We're going to the fabulous Shirts, Texas, where we can't speed or we'll get a ticket. That's what I know about shirts. <laughs> That's what we know. Well, we're going to go to see some speakers, talk about paranormal and cryptids and all kinds they're of They're all famous, but they're like famous if you watch the Travel Channel. <laughs> they are. I was talking... I guess I don't watch I don't watch enough of those shows apparently, but I was talking I was talking to my parents and I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's from this could be on there. And my dad and my mom were like, Oh yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah, I watched part of that series. Like I was like, okay, y'all know almost more of these people than I do. But that's right. Yeah, no, I mean, my mom watched a lot of the parents. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, that is also a mom and Liz can watch together thing. We could watch some of right. the, we could watch some of those and she'll be all right. But my dad was always kind of some into some of that stuff like we would watch like some of the like like x-files or like star i mean like no it's not the same like star trek like sci-fi and like spooky and paranormal stuff together yeah i remember so. the the time like my dad and i shared that we both like true blood and they were watching true blood together and then i get like a sex scene started and i was just like oh shit and i was like watching it and i was just like oh no don't suck his dick don't suck it. oh no they suck it i'm just oh, like no. look at this carpet it is so interesting i do not know what is happening on on this television father I, of course, I would never watch this show. I don't know what's so, happening. What are they oh. doing? What is, huh? <laughs> I've never seen that before. Do not ask for an explanation. Do Just don't ask for an explanation. Anyways. All right. So we're, we're going to talk about this, uh, this dumb show. 
Yeah, we'll talk about our, our show. <laughs> All right. So we are talking about season eight, episode three, Heartache. And I have heartache about this episode or parts of it. Um, well, I mean, when there is, um, how do I put this? Cultural liberates, though, the cultural. Uh, because it's, I don't want to say it's appropriation, it's along the lines of like, you know, they took some stuff, and they took some stereotypes, and they kind of blew them up. And so mm. there there have been complaints from indigenous communities who like watch this show, like who are just like, hey, like, I don't really appreciate like, how we're being portrayed in it. Right. And I could see that, right? Because Mayan, like, as we we'll get into this, you know, just, you know, Mayans aren't yeah. dead. <laughs> like mine still exists. No, I thought that was real fucking weird. And so, what yeah, I thought that was real bizarre. So I say, like, there are things about this, but this was <clears throat> did first air October seventeenth, two thousand twelve, and was directed by Sir. I don't know, he's not a knight, uh, Jensen Ackles. I mean, he's not a knight yet. We don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah, someday, someday Jensen may be knighted if that's still a thing. The monarchy still exists, and people still knight sure. things. I don't. Who knows? Who knows what the next generation of British monarchy will, or maybe the United States will be able to knight people. Who knows? We do. You never know. Like, so you never know. the way, you know, when our lizard people win the election in 2024, maybe they, they, maybe they, they start, start knighthoods people. again, but it means something completely okay. different. So anyway, this was written by uh, the couple that we do like, uh, Brad Butner and Eugene Ross, Eugenie Ross Lemming. And so, Let's just let's just start with one exercise. So like someone's just running and like my knees just hurt, my tits hurt, my knees hurt. Ugh. Like just watching that like on the concrete. It's not good. It hurts everything. And it's like and it's like nighttime in Minneapolis and you have to like I don't know. Also, like, we well, learn like- later this dude is on like he doesn't live there. Like he's on a work trip. So he chose he chose right. to go running outside go- of his hotel. And I know like coworkers who've done that, like who do that like when I've been on like business, you know, business trips. Yeah. I'm like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like I get going to the I gym in the morning, but it. like yeah. I'm just gonna like I, I guess the only place I thought it made sense was like my boss when we were at Disney. Because, like, yeah, you can go right around that property. That makes sense. But Yeah. But, like, you don't know the area. You don't Maybe have, Maybe it's just because like, I'm a chick. out there. Like, as a chick, like, I'm just, like, I'm not going to yeah. go oh, running around totally a strange different. neighborhood. That seems Hell like no. a... Well, there was nobody out. So this is obviously a weird time or a secluded area. It's a terrible idea. It's not safe. Not safe. What if you just fell and broke your leg? You couldn't even get up and get out of there. That's the type of shit I think about. Because like, I would. What if there was a coyote or an owl? Oh, that was the yeah. other thing. There is a, there is a giant owl in my neighborhood, and now I'm terrified for all my neighborhood cats. It flew over my head, and also, if you guys don't know, there is you go watch the any of the true crime stories about uh, the writer whose wife died, and they all think that she was killed by an owl. Um, so I had an owl like fly over my head that was much like that. And I was like, oh no, it's gonna like stab me in my head, but it had like a snake or like something in its mouth, and then it went and ate it in the tree. And then I was standing like on my driveway, staring up at like look watching this owl like eat the things with like kind of in the trees and the neighbors came home and like as I'm standing, I wasn't in their yard, it was in my yard, but I'm just standing there staring up at the trees and they're like at their tree at their tree. Like, the fuck is wrong with their neighbor? 
And then I was like, yeah, you've got an owl. Here. And they were like, oh. And then we all we all sat there and stared at the trees. And I wish someone else had, like, driven by and, like, someone else could have. Watch show. Ha- Join the party. Yeah. Get some weird, like, gathering of the owl. Yeah. So, but I haven't seen, like, I've been chucking. Well, it's also been, like, pouring. But, but now I'm afraid. Like, every time I see a cat walk down the street, I'm just afraid I'm going to see the owl just, like. Oh, swoop it up. And then who do you choose, the cat or the owl? I mean, I choose the cat, but I mean, that's a tough call. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Sidetrack. So, uh, dude running in park, not getting eaten by an owl. Not getting eaten by an owl. And, but he's like, kind of, he's like jogging like a nice, like normal, slow a, jog. A like normal, jog. a normal jogging pace. Yeah. Yes. With, with headphones in, which is also dangerous, by the way, when you're in an unfamiliar area. But that's the thing. Um, and some guy that's like, like, kind of sprints past him, and they make a point of this on the show. So I will address that he is not a stereotypical runner physique. No, the fat people run. So the jogger like comes around a corner after this guy passes him, and this runner dude is stopped on the path in front of him, and it's real awkward. When I would have been like, whoa, why do you stop and shake this guy's hand? You fucking keep going, bro. Mm-hmm. But no. no, no. Jogger stops just to like, hey, you're doing, you're fast. And the runner grabs his arm and then rips his heart well, out. Well, at first he says he does a lot of cardio. And so now we know no. that cardio is slang for taking people's hearts. So anytime somebody says, I do cardio, they mean they're going to go rip out someone's heart and you shouldn't trust that person. Also, exercise kills. That is the entire theme of this episode, and now you can stop watching it. <gasps> no, that's oh. not the theme? Okay. No, oh, actually, no, not. the theme is sports is dumb. Did, that That did, is the I theme. I did cardio this morning. <laughs> I'm not, a, technically, I'm not allowed to do cardio for five more weeks. I figured. No, um, wait, shit, no, I'm allowed, I was allowed to do cardio after a week. No, I haven't, been, it hasn't been a week yet, so I'm not allowed to do cardio yet. Not yet, yeah. So we cut to Sam and Dean at a farmer's market where Sam is just eating an apple and Dean is reading the news while they walk. And he's basically like, hey, there's these cases in Minneapolis of guys getting their hearts ripped out. And Sam's like, literally, I guess. And he's like, the only way that interests me. (laughs) I thought it was really funny, actually. Cleverly written line. But... Basically, he's like, this is the case. I'm stoked. Maybe it's heart-sucking, possessed, satanic, crack whore. The, the correct line is, he's like, it's either a ritual or some sort of a heart-sucking, possessed, satanic, crack whore bat. Because I have hashtag bat. goals yeah. after that one. Because that is yeah. my next, you know, I'm trying to figure out, do I want to keep, you know, stay in my career field? Becoming a heart-sucking, possessed, crack, satanic, crack whore bat seems like a pretty... Uh, what are the qualifications? I mean, is there, does it come with yeah, a- Do I have to get a third, a fourth degree? Anyways. All right. So Sam's hair is even stupider than usual. And they got, it's real. I did, I've, I've actually got a really good picture of it. I'll send to Diana to, to post of, I, mean, I think I may just start doing this every episode of just me hating on Sam's hair. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sam's hair gauge is a thing. Yeah. Um, and he, but Sam's like, wouldn't shouldn't we just focus on finding Kevin in the tablet? And Dean's like, mm, we've tried, but we needed to go. Let's go solve a case in the meantime. Sure. And then he realizes that he's at a farmer's market. 
And he's like, what? And occasionally I have woken up at a farmer's market and been like, what the fuck am I doing here? (laughs) (sighs) Well, so we've got them in suits at the uh, police department uh, looking at the case file. They're like, hey, this guy has no local connections. He's there for work and he was not robbed. So this is real weird. And uh, the our detective Pike is like, Hey, we did find this runner, Paul Hayes Robin for questioning, but he's clear. Cause he has a clean record. And we can't believe that this like overweight guy would have been able to overpower this super fit dude. So sorry. And he's real snarky with me. Yeah. The whole, like he's got a very weird attitude and Sam's like, why do you have this love hate tension? Like, do you want to fuck? I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm also not sure why there's CCTV in this park. I'm glad there is, but like that makes me feel better. But although EFF did just put out a thing where you, um, they've got trackers of all the, you know, cameras outside that cops and stuff are using so you can go look to see like if you're being surveilled go check that out at EFF anyway so this this park though like has a CCTV and so they're like all right we're gonna go we're gonna go find Paul yeah so they go see Paul at his house and Dean's like off you know searching this guy's house while he pretends to pee like he always does while Sam is talking to him and Paul is very intent on making a smoothie it's a lot. It's a lot. That's and so it's the whole the whole place is a lot, right? Like this is just a one bedroom it's like a one bedroom apartment stocked with like a dick sporting goods. <laughs> and Sam was asking him questions about this jogger and he's like, "Oh, I just never saw him again after I passed him." Oh, and he's like, "You know, well, you seem to have a lot of healthy habits as he's like trying to like choke down and not gag on this smoothie he just made." And he's like, I had a health scare. Put the spinach in it. You can't even taste it. Fuck you. Of course you can taste the goddamn spinach in this. It's a green smoothie. You just whip up the kale in it. You'll never even taste it. Fuck you. And also, I like spinach. I like kale. I don't want them in a smoothie. I don't. I don't want them. Fuck you. You can taste it. It tastes like you're drinking grass. But also, I figured out that Paul, like, started CrossFit. That is his problem. Like, that is why he can't stop talking about his shakes or his things. Like, a year ago, Paul found CrossFit. That's what it is. You solved it. Oh, my gosh. He's fucking juicing. I wonder if he's vegan now. He can add that to the list of things to talk about. about CrossFit. Uh, but there's a funny line here dean asks he's like oh so now your body's a temple and paul's like one i worship every day and everybody's uncomfortable with that so yep nobody wants to hear nobody gives a fuck about your diet susan all right so we got to a cafe the bar well at first i thought it was a bar but then i saw like a pie on the window and then i saw a cafe so i switched out bar to cafe but it's like a pub. Bar, yeah, it's, it looked like a place I wanted to thing. eat dinner. I was like, it was like, I would like to eat lunch here. Yeah. So basically they're like, no, they didn't find anything at Paul's. But in the meantime, Dean found another case. So in Ames, which is near Des Moines, Iowa, <clears throat> this other, this cop got arrested for murdering a pizza guy by ripping his heart out. But it happened while Paul was in jail being questioned. So it couldn't have been Paul. So that's sketchy as fuck. So now they got to go to Ames. 
and they find out that this 20 year veteran of the police force, like that's known to be an upstanding guy or whatever, ordered a pizza. Arthur is his name, uh, ordered a pizza. And then they, the delivery driver didn't show up to his next stop. Wouldn't that suck to be that guy's next stop? And like, then he never got his uh, pizza, was, man. Like he's just sitting no, there being like, what never. the fuck dominoes? And, and then you feel bad. So then the problem is, then you're pissed and you call the pizza place. You're like, what the Where's fuck? My pizza? And, you're and then you're like, oh, and then this dead? poor motherfucker's dead. And like, nobody knows. Like, that's a shitty position to be it in. It is. That is a shitty position to be in. I mean, not as shitty as the dead guy, but no, still. Yeah, the, the, the pizza guy may have had it worse, but also, I don't know. Like, you still didn't get a pizza. But something yeah. else, too, just at, while they were like in the barn, just, it was kind of this recurring theme that's been happening through this episode, though, is Dean is also just poking at Sam missing shit, right? Like, while like, oh, yeah. you didn't you didn't hunt, and so you didn't see this, right? So this theme is starting to come back through this episode. Well, and then it, and it's all, and it started, I think, in, in the like, like you're pointing out, a, kind of a, a thread of it was when they were at the farmer's market. And Sam's like, well, I don't really want to do a case. We should just focus on the Kevin thing. Like, he doesn't really want to distract. He does not seem particularly interested in cases at all. He wants to solve the Kevin thing because he knows they're obligated to solve the Kevin thing. And that's that's his yeah. thing. And you'll and well, that's definitely a theme through this. Um, and then obviously Sam, Dean poking at him for having not hunted for the year is like tied into yeah. that. And he's, and Sam keeps saying like, well, I had a good life for a year. Ooh. So, oh. um, so they're like, they're like, all right, we're going to go talk to Arthur, this cop. And they're like, good luck. Because Arthur is fidgeting with his hands, rocking back and forth and whisper, repeating a chant over and over again. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be very helpful. Not, not well. No. Not well. But they notice his eyes are two different colors. And he gets a little agitated. Dean throws holy, holy water on him. But just nothing works. So they give up. And then um, they uh, that night at the police department where, where arthur's cell is located we get a scene of arthur breaking a piece of metal off of his bed and we hear see him lift this piece of metal to his face and then there's a stabby noise and a yell yep so and uh, we'll get to we'll, we'll get to what he did although like well obviously i think most of you probably know because you saw the episode i don't know if you watched the episode before you listen to this i don't know what you do. do but anyway well, you do you we, we know we, they should yeah <laughs> so you should you're doing it wrong but maybe you just, just kidding, listen you to this you if you're listening you can listen fine. to this instead of watching the episode it's great all right so we're gonna go to the hotel and dean has gotten google translate on his phone <laughs> And he's very proud of himself. And Sam's actually pretty impressed that Dean has an app. Yeah, just an app so, at all. Good. At all. And it says language unknown when they try to play the the words that Arthur was saying. But Sam's phone rings and they get a call. And it's um, the police. That, and he answers it as Agent Sambora. But um, basically oh, they need to get back down there or get to the hospital. Because Arthur is unconscious with a badge over one eye and strapped to a hospital bed. Because and, what he did uh, was yeah. he took out his own eye. And apparently that actually was a scene, but it was too violent for the censors and got cut. Oh, interesting. Because I can so, imagine that being a little too gross. That'd be a lot. That'd be a lot. That'd be uncomfortable. 
to watch. Eye stuff is just um, always gross. It's grosser than like I don't know why. Like if I dig out an eye, this goes than me digging out my own heart. You know, like this is just easier to oh, watch. It's so weird. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, like the ripping the heart out. Like oh, it's gross, but okay, I do that. But like him cutting his eye out, like like Ooh, that's hard. Much. I don't know. Um. But the doctor is telling Dean, like, yeah, like, he was very thorough. They, like, he severed the optic nerve and removed the eye using a piece of bed frame. But he really doesn't look strong enough to have pulled that piece off of the bed, which is interesting. And they ask about his different colored eyes, and he had an eye transplant. And that's when Diana starts drawing exclamation points, because you know it's going to have something to do with transplanted organs. He cut out the transplanted eye. And Dean's like, all right, he's going to get this doctor to help him trace these organs. Which I don't know if they're allowed to do that. But I guess she thought she was because they're pretending to be law enforcement. I don't know. I don't know the rules on that. Mm, I mean, what was general HIPAA violation? But, yeah, I'm pretty sure that information is not just... But you could search. I'm pretty sure you could search the organ transplant database and probably find that if you're a doctor. I guess if you're a doctor, you have to have some of that info, I guess. I don't know. Like, I I don't trust. Like, I'm like, well, you can get whatever information you want if you try hard enough. Well, I mean. Anyways. So. Back to the motel. Sam is researching and he figures out that Paul also had a transplant uh, so that's interesting update, which we had already, if you, you, you know, being intuitive, you piece together, that was probably the case. And he decided to email the audio of Arthur to Dr. Morrison, Professor Morrison that we had met in the previous season. AKA the mayor. So, yes. So he can help them translate it. And Dean's like, great. Well, we've got a pattern and the next attack is, should be in Boulder. So we got to go. And that is an 11-hour drive from Ames, Iowa. So, yeah, you should get on the road. Ames was only about a four-hour drive from uh, from Minneapolis. Minneapolis. So that wasn't as bad. But 11 hours, yeah. man, like, that's a long time to be in the car with each other. It is. It is. So we cut to a scene before they arrive. And we we are at the Bunny Hole, a strip club in Boulder. Which has a, and, which has a lighted <clears throat> sign that says rear entry. <laughs> and this was actually a real strip uh, club called the Paramount Gentlemen's Club in British Columbia. Because oh. okay. this wasn't a set you can make. This is the one. We've got to go use a real one. Shocking how that worked out. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got to like one of the, uh, this is a weird scenario, like the way the scene plays out where it's like a patron fan. I don't know what you want to call him dude in the alley waiting for Randa, the dancer to come out. And he's like, oh, I loved your performance. I never do this. Yeah. I'm like, why are you in the alley? Okay. Well, the thing is though, is me because uh, if you've ever left a, a, a strip club at the end of the night, there are always dudes waiting outside for the dancers. And sometimes there are reasons for them to be waiting for those dancers. Um, I can only assume this car, this place in Boulder doesn't have a parking lot. Uh, 
And so, like, this is, like, where he was waiting to try and, like, pick up the, pick her up as she was going but she out. Seemed, but she seemed to expect him. Like, she was going to meet him, it looked like. I don't I know. I think it she was just very was going odd. outside like, to see, like, who, what, what, <clears throat> or maybe, like, they had a dance inside. And then she was, like, like, that was something that was implied, right? Like, let's, let's go to the know. champagne room outside. That, that's what I was going to say. I was like, why aren't they in the champagne room if they're doing Maybe this, this club just but didn't probably. have one. And instead, or maybe like there was, you know, that wasn't allowed in that club and she had to go in the alley. I don't know. Maybe. It was totally nude though. we learned from one of the other signs. So you never know. But they go further into the alley. Anyways. (laughs) I know, right? uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never been to a strip club. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) They go further into the alley. She pushes him against the wall, feels him up. And rips out his heart. He thinks he's getting lucky, but instead he's getting cardio. (laughs) Well, like you said, on their 11-hour drive, Sam and Dean are still driving. And Dean's in such a good mood about this case. And Sam is not. He is zoned out. And Dean is not reading the room on this. He is just still trying to, like, he just thinks, like, Sam's going to shake it off. I I don't know what Dean is thinking here. But... Dean, like, they basically, like, Dean's all, like, happy and, like, we, I just got a new perspective after that year in Purgatory, and I think we both have a new perspective, and they do, but it's both very different perspectives. But, and, and you want to talk about this, like, I don't think it's a new perspective for Sam. This has been Sam's MO since season one. That's true. He just remembered well, what yeah, he loved. But he seemed to... I think he, I really think he's just kind of, like, went back to, like, oh, remember when I wanted to go to Stanford? Yeah, remember I wanted a normal Anyways, life, and yeah. now, I wait, I can have it again? Yeah, so, I don't know. But doesn't that make this real shitty that, like, he can't have a normal life if Dean's around? Because that's how he feels, at yeah, least, obviously. Yeah, we'll keep ripping this apart, but we're going to go back to Dr. Kashi. Yeah. Who's calling Dean uh, and telling him about who the donor was. Yes, and it ends, and he's like, he's like, ends up there's a bunch of them, and they're on their way to Boulder still, but they all, they, well, the Paul's kidney and Arthur's eye came from Brick Holmes, Who's all pro court all pro all pro star quarterback who died in a car crash last year after a long football career. And there's eight organs total, so they only know about two. That's not ideal. Not ideal. No, it's not. So we're gonna go on to Boulder because Brick lived outside of Boulder. Yeah, and that's the only lead they've got right this second. And we do cut to a scene with Randa, our our stripper from the previous scene, uh, with really good makeup and a really cool ring, doing a ritual, and then she fucks up her makeup by rubbing blood all that over. That is her new beauty routine. Mm. Anyways, but it's the same chant Arthur was doing, so that's interesting. And then she takes a bite out of a heart. Yep, she's also trying a new diet. She's thinking she wants to get some more iron and protein in her life, and that makes her eyes glow red. Yes, glowy red eyes and chest and weird background effects. So at, they get to Sam and Dean get to Brick's house, and they are meeting with his mother <laughs> Eleanor. It's a Brick house. Didn't even think of that. That's hilarious. Uh, so Sam's trying to like ask about him being an organ donor, and she's like, "Why does the FBI care?" <laughs> and he's I'm also like, and he's point. also fanboying too. <clears throat> he is. He is. Sam's total fanboy about 
about brick homes. We've learned we learned that pretty early. And like Dean's like like impressive, but not like fanboy like Sam is. So and she's like, look, there was a campaign a few years ago, and lots of star athletes signed up to be organ donors. So whatever. And she's trying, Dean. They're trying to ask her about the accident, and she's kind of deflects. Yeah, she's just and then, pew, pew. I'm ashamed. Yeah, take she, that question. Oh, she's, she's she's a star deflector. That's all I'm gonna say. And um, yeah, so mom's done. And pretty much just just you know excuses herself to go to an event and uh, tells them they got to go. So <clears throat> as they leave, we've got Randa on the staircase to talk to mom. And she acts surprised that Randa's there, but Randa's like, no, the house, she calls the house, the mothership. That was interesting. And she says that Eleanor needs to be careful what she says because she has Brick's heart and she can feel him and it's why she moved to boulder and uh yeah and they have to keep the secret safe dun, dun, dun. now now it's real weird just saying like that's where i'm like what the fuck is happening yeah yeah this is, this so, is weird on a lot of levels it is so back at the motel uh professor morrison calls sam uh, and Sam lies to him about getting him added as a technical advisor. Because, and so, the, and yeah. says it does come with a medical plan. And I'd be, fuck yeah, but like, that's a government medical plan. You don't really want it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he does have a translation. It's a dead language. Mayan. Hmm. And it's the divine god cacao is born, is what it's saying. Yeah, according according to the mayor. So... And so that, Sam is the mayor tells him that cacao is the most powerful god because maize was the most important thing to the Mayans, that and torturing and killing everyone in sight. So we're just gonna put a pin in that and we'll talk about it later. But Dean also wants to know is what they're looking for, a thousand year old culture's god of corn. Which and yeah. which is amazing. Uh, amazing. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you for that one. Um, and they're like, well, Phoenix is up next. The guy's already missing. So Dean's like, yeah, what's... And in the meantime, by the way, Dean's like, I got an email from um, about asking about your inquiry for university admissions. Which is so weird. Why is Dean getting that email? But okay. So one, why email? is Dean emailing? He says that he emailed the cops in Phoenix about another donor. What do you say? Like, by the way, this guy's missing. He might rip someone's heart out. Like, well, I guess if like you could do like, I'm, but like, what is the email that Sam and Dean are sharing that works for going to a cop and then to whatever college that they have tried to get into? Like how many, This you should not be using the same. One, don't share, things. don't share accounts. It's a bad practice to begin with, but also like, is it fake FBI email.gov that goes to, and what is your email, right? Or are you just emailing the police from like Gmail? This is from a GeoCities mm-hmm. account. Have you seen this guy? Anyways. He might rip someone's heart out. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I noticed the, the email thing. I was like, wait a minute. But that's a good point. Um, and basically Dean's like totally just kind of in disbelief. Like he's not, he is in such denial that Sam is actually thinking about quitting. When, again, you him. took him out of Stanford. 
That was the whole storyline from season one. He was in the oh, university. I know. I'm just saying it's he just... was one college. Like, why wouldn't you want to finish your college credits? He's probably having that dream that I have like every six months where I missed a class. And I don't get to graduate from college. Like, but he really gets to have it because he didn't actually graduate from college because he missed one class. So anyways, Sam's just looking for options. Dean doesn't understand things, but he also thinks that Eleanor is hiding things. Yeah. So they're going to go break into the Holmes house because they know she's at the an event. Because, you know, no big deal. They're just going to break in a rich person's house that has no alarm or motion lights or any. Also, Randa Rhonda. I just, I want to call her Rhonda because I want to sing Help Me Rhonda throughout this. So, and uh, her name was spelled R-I-N-D-A in the, in the transcript. So, anyways, but she's also not there. She's gone, like, lucky. But they didn't know. Yeah, they don't they know don't know she's, she's there, there, but, but still, like, nobody good. is there in this giant house. Anyways. So they go straight to Brick's bedroom and start searching his closet because that's what they decide to do. Well, that's the first And I mean, I guess. And But Dean's all impressed because he finds peroxide to bleach his hair. That's not how things work. That's not how... Nobody uses that anymore. Yeah. That's not how... Okay. But, yeah. But Sam notices that the second closet in the bedroom is all full of women's clothes, including the outfit that Eleanor was wearing earlier that day. And they are pondering why on earth his mother would be having a closet in the master bedroom with her son. Yes, that is a very strange thing to be pondering. Mm-hmm. And while they're pondering that, they do discover a secret door in the closet, which is always fun. Because everybody wants Damn to straight. the closet. And it's full of sports memorabilia, but not just football. It has baseball, boxing, race car driving, jousting, cricket, archery, uh, swords and golf. Yes, although Sam does and, call it a cricket mallet, but it's a cricket bat. Yeah, it's a bat. No, you're right. But Sam's just like such a fanboy that he's just like, well, he just proves Bricks just loves sports and athletes and he just loves it all. And Dean's like, mm, this is weird. And he finds a box of letters and they are a variety of letters over time. All of them are written to Betsy and say, love me. And they're all about like very like prominent athletic moments and uh yeah so it's it's a weird weird situation back at the motel sam has pulled up four of the athletes mentioned photos and uh going back 70 years and they all appear to be the same guy just with changes to hair and hair color yeah willy willy this is what this looked like. Because they go through, like, the different things of, like, his hair oh and, like, God. his pictures until the end where he's That's just, like, bald with a mustache. And, like, a really yeah. extensive, like, it's the handlebar mustache and he's bald. That, I don't know. If if, you, if you're if you too young to know what Willy Willy is, go look that up. And, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't Google Willy Willy. Oh, that may get you someplace. I'm concerned <laughs> about that. But yeah, it was a magnetic toy, if that helps. Is that better or I worse? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so, Dean. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. And then I'll, I'll break in. We're going to break into Laura in a minute. But I'm going to let you set it up. <laughs> Uh, Dean's like, well, the Mayans were really into sports and the athletes would make sacrifices to cacao by killing and cutting out the heart or eating it of people. Yeah. So we're going to go to lore because this is now where we've just had enough. Yeah. Okay. 
So Dean says, here, I'm just going to repeat the quote. The Maya were all about war and torture and conquest and sports. It says their athletes were treated like kings. The Mayan jocks made sacrifices to cacao by, ready for this, killing a victim, pulling out his heart and eating it. They believe the rituals gave them supercharged power over their opponents. Okay. None of that is is real, but well, some of it. Uh, all right, we're gonna start. We're gonna back up. We're gonna back this trade up a little bit to go like, kind of the first problem, right? And that is what Arthur was repeating over and over again, which eventually helped me. Rhonda was using as during her beauty routine, right? And that right. is this phrase in Mayan. And according to Super Gangnam style Tumblr, which I was hilarious. I love that name. That was so good. Uh, it is basically a version what they're they kind of mixed up some classical maya which was the lingua franca during the height of the mayan city states from about 800 to 1100 which is the ancestor of some of the mayan dialects of mayan which is spoken today by about a million speakers in mexico and guatemala uh mayan at least it's not dead like living living people Still, 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 still talking. Yeah, there. We've, we've, we've met some. <laughs> yes, I, I've met very, you know, in in different, you know, I, I've met many. I have met. I would say I've met many Mayans, but I've met a few Mayans, and a few Mayans, yeah. yeah. And so, but what we can basically take from what they were trying to say in that phrase. Uh, I'm not going to say it because I can't speak English, much less Mayan, but the phrase basically referred to the ruler of a city-state, right? And that's sacred lord. And cacao is the origin of the word cacao. And the last word is the classic Mayan form of the verb to be born. So in the show, they're saying the divine god cacao is born. It's not really what it translates to. Also, there wasn't a Mayan god named cacao. Uh, okay. There were at least 150 to 250 Mayan gods, but none of them were named cacao that I could find. There were about a lot of gods. There was a lot of gods. Well, also, you know, during some of the research I was looking at, there was, depending on where you lived, like you would also kind of have this level of who you were worshiping and praying to could be broken down to like, you have like your bigger gods and then you would, that would be broken down to like your city state gods, like your patron gods who wants to be kind of closer to okay. you. And then beyond that, then you would have your ancestors. Right. So there's kind of this Got whole it. pantheon of levels of different people throughout the universe who are there to help you spiritually. Anyways. Hyper-local gods. Yeah, so just kind of going through the whole things. And there were maze deities, but there were also about 13 gods that were associated with the creation of humans from maze, according to the creation story in the book Purple Bull. Um, there is also... Oh man, like I listened to somebody say this a bunch of times and I'm still going to say it wrong. So, Hun Hona Pul, Hona Nope, nope, whatever. There is a maze deity. Uh, well, I, I can type the shit out if you want to read it, but um, there is a maze deity that you know, could have been who they were referring to. There was also the god Itzmana uh, that taught the Mayans how to cultivate cacao and maize. So maybe that was him. There was also Uksha who was the patron and protector of cacao and cacao products, but there wasn't a god named Cacao. And there also wasn't right. like a cacao god. Question. Yeah. So 
the origin of the word cacao, like as in cocoa, is from this, I think, yes. or do we know? Okay. So that's that. And it was well, used as like... That doesn't to do with corn. No, it's nothing... So That's why it's confusing. That's why it, they made it doubly confusing because cacao was a very important part of the Mayan culture. It was used as currency and also yeah. chocolate. Everyone, you know. So, like, Yum. yeah, but... You know, you go to when you go to these parts of Mexico, they'll be like, "Come chase our chocolate." You know, like it's yeah. it's a thing, but not maize. That's right. corn. Yes. When did I eat corn? We like corn. I had I had a lotes <laughs> this weekend. I'm just kidding. I did. Okay. But, uh, right. So, but it's yeah. So there's no, that, and then there's also kind of you know, sacrifice within the Mayan culture wasn't always a bad thing, as when you were sacrificed, those who were sacrificed were thought to go to one of the heavens and not the underworld Shababa, and people also started sacrificing parts of themselves. Like bloodletting was unusual, including the cutting of penises. Quoting from historical Mexico. The kings or rulers in the Mayan world were expected to perform pineal bloodletting in which they either used obsidian or stingray spines. The bloodletting ritual consists of an individual either bleeding into a bowl, using paper to catch the blood, or pulling a piece of rope or straw through their wound and then burning the lead with cobalt incense as an offering to the gods. The bloodletting ritual was used as a way to communicate with the gods and the ancestors. I just wanted to talk about that because it's been too long since I talked about dick, dick magic. Also, blood bowl. Blood bowl phone. Blood bowl phone with penises. But also, there's <laughs> another way you get... There's Dick magic blood bowl phone. Dick magic yes. blood bowl phone. Buy that for sale on our new QV, SBN, QVC, whatever we're calling it. All right. So, um, <laughs> sacrifices of entire people were done through many methods, including, but not limited to, the heart extraction we saw in this episode, but also spearing, drowning, being mauled by a jaguar, disemboweling, being thrown onto a pile of rocks from great height, or just getting pushed down those massive fucking stairs. Um, which you, they, they do like they stairs. love stairs so much. And one of the things I saw while I was watching a ton of Mayan stuff this this weekend was that part of that was like if you you just couldn't like if you your enemies had to go upstairs. Like that's just fucked up. Like you want to get to me, like you like by the time you get up there, you're like, <gasps> or or if you were like somebody who was coming to visit, like you just can't be like cool by the time you get to the top of stairs. Like no matter who you are, right. you're like, <gasps> you motherfucker. Um. So yeah, but most common was likely decapitation, and also heads may have served as portals to the underworld. So another blood bowl, but just made out of a head to give us a cut the top. Um, and as to whether or not players were killed during ball games, I think anybody who has seen anything about Mayan culture or, or Aztecs or in general, you know, that region in general is sort of, you know, knows about the ball games that were played and how important they were. Yeah. But we've also heard that, right, that ball players were sacrificed as part of this game. And it is most likely that neither the winners nor losers were sacrificed during the ball games because one, that's just not an effective way to have a sport. Yeah. Because you're killing all your best players all the time. Sure. Like it's hard to get people to want yeah, to play. Yeah, like, and nobody die. wants to watch the B team, right? Like, once you kill off the A, like, oh, all right. Like, 
but there is the exception that sometimes games would take place instead of going to war against the city. And in this case, teams from both cities would play each other and the leader of the losing team may be killed. Although often they were allowed to live as long as the losing city would supply the winners with a quantity of jade, obsidian, or other special goods, which... And corn. Corn. Yes. Uh, we have this maze and this cacao. Would you like this instead of killing us, right? Uh, there also are extremely deep ties to the Mayan religion and the ball game. So the game did offer an opportunity to show your devoutness to the gods. So sacrificing mm-hmm. captured kings and high lords or the losing opponents of a game could be seen as a very important offering that you would make. So yes, sometimes that would be associated with the game, but not in the way that they would think and the way that also that they make it sound in this episode right and that's part of you know yes the mayans it was a violent culture but not all the time and a lot of that is just because that is what we know based on what was told through Pop pop culture or you know the conquerors and you know also the conquerors burned a whole bunch of shit when they did that so there's a lot of parts of the history that we don't know although you know they do have one of the most advanced written languages like of all civilizations so we actually do get to know more than we thought once that got cracked which is awful a whole other interesting story and go watch there's natural geographic or pbs documentary on it and didn't they have like a big calendar that everybody like was really so yes there is a whole other thing on the mayan calendar because remember according to the mayan calendar the world is supposed to end i think in 2012 probably when this episode came out and but there are all sorts of things like it's you know the misinterpretations of it you know that the 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 different parts of the I, I watched a whole bunch of it. I don't know. You can watch it, but like, yeah, no, yeah, I know. Yeah, I was, no, I was no there is a whole thing in there about the my advanced component. Yeah, of their so society. It's really interesting when you look at the way their language is made up, and like how like I, I'm gonna I'm not gonna digress too much. I go watch go go like go Google this shit and watch it yourself. But it's very interesting, yeah. and the you know whether or not the world is supposed to end when the Mayan calendar end is also. You know, that's probably misinterpretation. Um, but, you know, or it could just mean we're in a really shitty time afterward. No. Oh. It's all uh, a, it's all a, oh. No. Don't say that. Uh, so Everything good yeah. happened after 2012. Oh. Oh. Anyhow, let's go back to talking. I have a mind God tattoo. You do. I do. I went. I we went to go see. I didn't get it there. I got it later on. But um, when Babe and I got married in Tulum, we went to the ruins, and they are mostly in uh, reverence to the descending god. Is what they call him. I will not try to pronounce his. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. Again, we're just like we're not pronouncing that. No. No. Uh, but anyways, so we both got those. To yeah, they went and climbed stairs in the middle of the summer, and I went and swam in a milk day. It was raining too. It was not a great. I I chose I chose my path and I chose it well. You did. I just I was the part of the reason I picked Tulum was I wanted to see fucking ruins on the beach and I did. You got to see them, and they're fucking stairs. There, yeah. So many iguanas. So many iguanas. 
Yeah, right. I was just like, so like, like one of the one of the 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 Mayan symbols that I learned this weekend was the uh, the birth was like uh, the birth of a king was represented by like this upside down iguana. Oh, yeah, I love iguanas are part of the language. Like it, it's just a very cool. artistic language too. That was like that's really cool. Like there's a lot of different ways you can spell words, and also like huh. vocally, the, like the current the current language is uh it's a tonal language, which is also why I can't do it because I'm not good at tones. I'm tone deaf. Mm. Like how do you speak it if you're tone deaf? Anyways, okay, mm. god damn it. All right, we're we're gonna we're gonna run us over again. All right, so um, let's see. My next note says Dean thinks that brick was a very old Mayan, and Sam thinks the spell went along with his parts. But at least he wasn't a motherfucker. He was not a motherfucker, uh, but he is a little bit bummed about the whole thing because they find a picture of the old fashioned, old timey version of brick with a woman captioned as his wife Betsy and that is Eleanor when she was young so <clears throat> they're like alright we're going to back to bricks it's daytime we're not put on the suits we're going as us it's fine and they answer Eleanor answers the door and they call her Betsy straight up I'm like we're, you need to talk people are fucking dying and she's like I didn't know about the murders I thought it'd be over when Brick died and anyway so she ends up telling the whole fucking story she spills the beans. The cacao beans. <clears throat> the cacao beans. And his Mayan name was Inyo, and he was an athlete a thousand years ago. But he lived for sports. He made a bargain with a god. And and to stay young, <clears throat> he just had to make a sacrifice twice a year, one for planting, one for harvest. And he would stay young and get to keep playing get sports. Get to be a jock forever. And she didn't really realize what was... She was in denial. She kind of figured it out when she started to age. uh, And he was not aging. And um, then, you know, she's like... But after over time, they were so deeply in love that she just ignored that he was fucking killing people twice a year to stay young. So every 10 years, he'd have to emerge with a new look and a new name. And she was a wife or his woman in hiding until she hit her 40s. Because this dude looked like he was in his 20s. And so then she had to pretend to be his mother. But anyways, uh, he finally was done with it and was like, saw her aging and got sad about it. And so wanted to be done. And that's why he drove off the bridge. Or maybe he was just tired of fucking old lady. That's rude. Just Teasing you. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so, but I like her line. He's like, she goes, you must think I'm a monster. And Dean goes, no, just that you married one. Yeah. Woo. So, anyways. Now that we got eight killers we've got to worry about. And she's like, oh no, we can stop this as long as we stop Brick's heart. And she knows who has the heart. See, this is where I have help oh. me, Randa. Help, help me, Randa. So we're going back we're to the bunny hole. To the bunny hole. And break in because and... the stripper would be there during the day. Well, I guess it could be the lunch rush. I don't know. But why are they? Why do you have to break in if it's if, the, if there's lunch rush? It's very odd. Like it's closed, but she's there. I don't know. Why is she there here. all the time? I don't know. Dean just wants to go to the strip club. I think is what happened. He really, he was not disappointed about this. So they've got there. They break in and they're like, they go into the locker room and we get a real 
Grosteen line. They're in the locker room, and he kind of smirks and says to Sam, smell that? And Sam says, you're gross. And, he, and, and you goes, are. You're very yeah. gross. And nobody likes the way a strip club smells. Especially not that no, locker room. No, it smells like way too much perfume. That, it that, like way too that much perfume. That, that. Bad perfume. And also, locker room, my ass. It's just a bathroom. We all know it's just a fucking bathroom. <clears throat> Anyways, okay. So... We go so out. The main club. Yeah, and the lights come out, and here comes Randa. Because of course, and she's all cocky and attitudey. She knew that Eleanor would break, but she's got Paul there and the guy from Phoenix. And so we have the, we've all so we have the we all found each other, and we've now all showed up in the strip club. And they're they are not gonna let Sam and Dean take her down because she knows that's what they want. So they shouldn't have put these in different fighting. cities. Like, and they wanted it's... this to happen. This should have been. This is so dumb. I'm just really amused that the when they start to fight, the guy from Phoenix introduces himself to Dean while beating him up as. I'm the guy from Phoenix. Like while they're fighting, I'm the guy from Phoenix <laughs> that you're looking for. What? What? It was. I was dying at the guy from Phoenix. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Anyways, so Sam gets his bell rung or something. So Dean is being held down on the stage by Phoenix dude and Paul, and they explain that the super strength comes with the package. And Randa's going to give her monologue about how she was a shy girl from Georgia and had a heart condition, but now she's Xena Warrior Princess. And she straddles Dean and wants to just sacrifice because it's better than sex, sacrificing to a cow. I don't know. Yeah. And then and she then tries she to like tries reach, to reach like, his heart. She, but she's going very slow. slow because she wants to go slow so you can see his beating heart. But then Sam just breaks a bottle on Paul's head because he woke up. Yeah. And Dean's able to pull a demon blade and stab Rhonda. So, or the fancy blade. Whatever. Fancy some blades. Blade. It's one, I, one I don't know why it's not obsidian. Her. Like that would have made sense. Like why don't you stab them with an obsidian? Right. Maybe they already did. I think they already did that to something in this episode. I don't know. No, you can use obsidian again. Yeah. Who cares? That just seems appropriate. And anyways. That would have been like context wise, would have made sense. But they don't even say like what it was that killed her. They're just like, will this work? Yeah. And they're like, sure. And they're just like, it's a knife. Stab her. Yeah. So yeah, he does. And her chest and her where her heart is, her wound and her eyes are all glowy. Paul and Phoenix's have like poofs of red smoke come out of them and they fall down dead. Like, you know, I don't know. And then she dies. It's weird. Yep. I mean, I'm don't get me wrong. I, I'm not trying to be like obtuse here. Obviously all the supernatural stuff. It's so weird. I get it. But like, it's just a little bit like not. You went a little far. It's, it's a lot with not explanation yeah you know what i mean like if you're gonna have all this shit happen you better have a backstory does not nope but either way don't you know so, that all uh, mayan gods when you or not even mayan gods people who are being kept alive by mayan gods when you stab them in the stomach with a random knife they turn to red and blow up like if they had stabbed her in the heart it might have made sense. Uh, you just stab her in the stomach with this random knife 
And now she's going to turn red. And then everybody that also had organs from her is also going to, that shared or is also, I don't know, whatever. Either way, they did. And does so, that mean all and also, eight, does that mean there's five, yeah, the five people? Does that mean there's five random transplant victims or transplant patients who did nothing wrong potentially? They just received an organ transplant, just dropped dead. Somewhere. Well, I'm assuming they've all after years but on a transplant they all list. Be like yanking out the people's hearts, though. Like, why did only cardio guy and then the guy in Phoenix rip out hearts? Well, maybe- Maybe they were, but they didn't mean to. Well, that also means like there was also like five other dead bodies, right? And like so now, but but also like murders. all they were doing was like, oh my god, I need a kidney. Yeah, these people spent years on a transplant list, probably, and like finally get like this, like oh, we've got a we've got we an organ for you. We found a match, and then they get it, and then it's like, oh, I've got this new organ, so I'm not going to die. But now I've got this like desire to rip people's hearts out, and no oh, shit, now I'm dead. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yep, should have gotten your Ugh. brother's kidney. All right, so they go to Eleanor's house and they're like, it's yeah. over. Yeah. And she's like, well, finally I can be at peace. Either I knew I would be either way, whether you succeeded or if Randa killed me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Eleanor, Betsy, whatever the fuck your name is, is weird. Uh, so Sam and Dean get back on the road. Duh. And <clears throat> they're going to talk about how they both want different things again yep and dean's just like i love being a warrior and sam's like i don't as soon as we figure out kevin and the tablet i am done i want my normal life i had it for that year off i want it back period he's just kind of brushing him off it's just like, that's just the way you feel now. You won't feel it. What? And again, this is where I told you this would come back. Like, this isn't the way, this is the way he's felt for his entire fucking life. But as if this isn't bad enough, now we're getting another fucking flashback. Uh, okay. Sam's at the park with the dog and he's looking for Amelia. <clears throat> he's funny. He's all worried, running around following the dog. And the dog leads him to a surprise birthday picnic with a cake. He's very happy. That's it. Yep. And so he's very happy because he finally got a birthday cake in a field with a dog. And now he's sad. Oh, such a pain in the ass. Picnics are such a pain. Yeah, no, but she dragged all that shit out and, and like whatever. So, all right, let's 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 go to some casting couch. Casting couch. It's the casting couch. What they Right, so uh, we've got um, first up. We'll talk about Randa Moreno. It was played by Kira Zagorski. What a name, Zagorski! I know, and it's Kira K Y R A too. Um, she's been an episode. She has actually did not have a huge. Um, well, I always lose the word. Not a massive amount of of castless things, but she's been episodes of shows like Fringe, Smallville, Travelers, Arrow, Seven Hundred. Or sorry, she was in multiple episodes on recurring character in the One Hundred as Kara. Um, well, I'll mention um, f- uh, the guy from Phoenix <laughs> was played by uh, Jimmy. Uh, was as, was his character? The act, the character was supposed to be Jimmy Tong. It was played by Daryl Kwan. 
And he's actually a stuntman and he's been a stuntman in a lot of things like Deadpool, Power Rangers, Suicide Squad, Step Up, All In, and uh, one, three of the Twilight movies. So that is impressive. Uh, I'm going to back over to Eleanor Holmes, aka Betsy, who was played by Petty McCormack. And she's had quite a career in film and yeah. television, dating back to the mid 50s. Um, I just, I just tried to pick you know, pick out a couple of things that stood out to me. So her, her resume and, and background is way too big. I don't know. I don't have the word to wait. It's just massive. But, um, she was Rhoda in the bad seed in 1956, Joanna in the adventures of Huckleberry Finn in 1960. Um, she was <laughs> Edie in the mini skirt mob in 1968, which looks like a really fun, yeah. like kind of campy film. Um, she was a reoccurring, um, character in, uh, Dallas, uh, in the early eighties. Uh, she was mommy in mommy, the 1995 horror film. She has episodes of shows through the, through the nineties and the two thousands of ER, Baywatch, Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, um, multiple episodes as, as Liz, uh, in, uh, the Sopranos. She was kind of cool in two. 2022 she was in the bad seed returns and then so like a throwback to her 50s role well she, and the then 50s role, um, she was nominated for an academy award yeah it's a big deal and a golden globe and uh then she was pat nixon in frost nixon in 2008 so yeah she also pretty, yeah pretty she's got a hollywood she's got a, a star in the hollywood walk of fame that's, that's huge yeah well, and then she I got would it be... when she, in 1960, <sighs> but she still has a star. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty early in her career too. Um, and then I would be remiss if I did not include uh, Detective Pike. This is the detective who was quite snarky about Sam and Dean's curiosity about their runner um, suspect. Was played by Alan Ackles. Papa Ackles. Yes, and he. Um, He's not, he doesn't have a huge, um, uh, credits either, but he was in episodes of Dallas, both the original and the reboot, um, as well as the, he was in several episodes of the original Walker, Texas Ranger, different characters, but that's a couple of things he's been in over the years, but most importantly, he's popular. Most importantly, he, he, he gave a seed. Okay, gross. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'll be winners. No. <laughs> All right. Like this episode. <laughs> well, what sucks because I actually parts of it I really freaking liked. It also gave me the heebie-jeebies because I've known some like people. I've known people that have had organ transplants, and it gives like heebie-jeebies. Well, we've had an organ transplant episode before, and I, know, I just don't like. Yeah, but I don't know. There's there's just so much that was. I, I felt like here's the deal. Like I'm gonna say. Like the Randa thing, I just, I feel like it just was not well thought out. The episode was like, you know what I mean? Like I got the concept, but you've got the whole Randa's doing this crazy ritual. You've got all these people that suddenly have super strength, but like, what did they do? Like, did they agree to this shit? Like what is happening? And like, and then you've got, I don't know. just like, well, it was no, not none of them were, none of them agreed. Well and it out. was like this multi-state monster thing that's just I don't know. I think you bit off more than you can chew. You insulted a lot of people. You just like it. You 
probably just would have been better off without a lot of this. And then, like, you know, I get, you know, I, the trope of we just got to get back on the road and get on. Like, sometimes that gets a little redundant, right? And like, so, you know, this has been Sam. This Sam not wanting to hunt was the thing that happened in season one, episode one. Which yeah. Is not our new That's thing. True. And I don't know. I, it's, I don't know, just go find Kevin. Well, I think like I, I I agree. So I don't think I'm totally worn out on the Sam wanting to have a normal life thing because I think if he finally I think he got into hunting again because I think yeah. he decided that he couldn't have a normal life, and then he realized that he could. But I think like this like the biggest thing I think it just was not thought out, like the storyline. Like there's too many holes. Yeah, right. no, there's a lot of holes in chess. But I don't know, like. I... <laughs> It just feels to me like you're ignoring a central part of the Sam Winchester character when you just, if you're going to go back to this and say it's new, and I think it would have been a much more, no, that's very an true. interesting exploration, or at least would have made more sense to me if he was like, I like have rediscovered, like my love for law, my love for learning, like something that wasn't just like, I found a chicken, a dog, and I realized I want yeah. to have a birthday cake in the park, which also like, to be fair, like you have missed out on a whole lot of life, right? You've been on the road, you Absolutely. haven't had a you haven't had a birthday cake, you haven't had all this stuff, although you may have had it with Jessica, you know, like I don't know like, Yeah, but you didn't get to complete it, yeah, so, no, I think, I think I think that is a big error and not like, acknowledging like Sam has rediscovered this, not like oh, it's a new thing, I wanna I'm done hunting, but no, Sam's always kind of wanted to be done yeah. hunting, he was only doing it because he felt like he had to, or he had no other options yeah. and also just so, last week Dean was a psychopath and part of this, yeah, I mean I know like these were probably shot around and moved in different orders probably for somebody's shooting schedule, but at the same time, I'm like last week, you you were so angry and bitter and psycho, and now you're just super happy, Dean. Like I feel like there's some discontinuity there. I agree. I noticed that too, and I thought that was odd. Like he was all angsty and I'm mad because I was in purgatory. Now he's like, I love hunting. This is the best. I got a new perspective. Yeah, and, and you, I think you could tell it was reordered, like it. right? Like this would have made more yeah. sense before the last one. Agreed. And they also should have brought the mayor back. Mainly just because I like the they're mayor. They're going to have him on the phone. They might as well show right? us the mayor, right? Yeah, he's fun. Okay. Well, we haven't gone that much over time. So, <laughs> with that, I think, yeah, maybe next week's a bit better. Okay. So. <laughs> Cheers, jerk. Cheers, bitch. Devil's Trap Podcast is a don't get a production. Meow. Devil's Trap Podcast is part of the Ship It Studios Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter at Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us at Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share with all your friends. We're at all your favorite podcast outlets and at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. I'm Babe. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.